Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. As you know, my name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling show. Thank you as always for joining me. You'll notice that we're cranking a few episodes out recently and that's because we're all sat at home with nothing to do so we may as well talk about professional wrestling even though professional wrestling really is a curious beast at the moment. I am mere hours away from watching the most recent episode of AEW Dynamite and it's just kind of like it was really good. But there are so many things that people do where I'm like, well, you didn't need to do that without fans. You just watch it in a completely different way. It has utterly changed my perspective of professional wrestling. And let's face it, in terms of general life too, the perspective changed there as well. Uh, anyway, if you are brand new to the show, thank you for checking me out here. You do get exclusive episodes on the podcast feed. So please hit that subscribe button on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell you're using. And make sure you go to YouTube as well and search for Simon Miller, where you also get other episodes. Uh, it's just live and you can see me wave my bald head around around. Uh, but the reason um, I'm trying to double down, obviously, on the audio ones is because I can't do any of this without my Patreon, the crowdfunding piece of magic that has come along in the modern day. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. And basically, I like to treat it like a shop. So if you're happy to support me so I can create content, there are certain tiers where you can get a t-shirt and get a postcard. I'll send you a message or you can actually come on the podcast. And that is what's happening today because Linda has returned. Linda, how are you doing today? I'm great, Simon. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just looking now. I'm trying to figure out. So it was October. So it's about six months since we last chatted. Seven months. Yeah. So a, a lot has happened in the wrestling world. Um, you said something absolutely fascinating to me before before we hit record to the point I just stopped you. I was like, right, I want to know what that means. You said you haven't been a good, what, would you say professional wrestling fan? What was your what was your take on it? Anyway, expand on that for me. I'm intrigued. Right. So, yeah, I have not been a great wrestling fan lately just because of everything else that's happening in the world. I just yeah, feel totally. like I maybe have not focused as much as some other people on what's going on. Um, just haven't, I mean, I watched the shows, but it, I don't know, compared to everything else that's happening in the world, it just seems kind of, it pales in comparison. So absolutely. And I think that's a really interesting point because I will admit that when I'm doing a lot of my content, I'll try and stay away from, um, all of that just because I get it. You know, people don't want to people, it's an escape, right? That's why WWE is still running. If you take money out of it, it's because they want escapism, but deep down, you can't escape it because whether it's me criticizing a match because there's no fans in the arena or like you say, watching a show and going, well, I know what's going on. There's no fans in the arena. You actually can't be distracted from it. You can't ignore it because no matter which direction you look in, in particular with professional wrestling, it's staring you right in the face. Absolutely. Like there's just no way around it. Um, <laughs> I mean, even like when I sit down for wrestling, like people say it's an escape and it is, you know, and it's fun and I still enjoy it, but it's, it, it never leaves the back of my mind, like all the other things that are going on yeah. and, and even watching wrestling here, you know, a lot of the, when they have the commercials, a lot of them are public service announcements, you know, <laughs> telling <laughs> you what's you going mean, yeah. on. So like, you really don't get away from it. You know, they're still there even when you're watching uh, wrestling on television, at least here. So yeah, it's just hard to get away, but I have, I mean, I'm up to date. Like I've watched, like I know what's going on. It's just like, I haven't just, I guess thought 
about it as much as I normally do. No, and I think I think I don't think you're alone at all. I, I really, really don't. And it's um it's just I think because a lot of people have kind of defaulted to just taking things day by day, because what else can we do? You don't really take a step back and kind of understand that this is a this is a global event that will be talked about in 200 years time. It'd be like, oh yeah, back in 2020, the world just stopped. And we'd be like, oh wow, you know, we'll be being taught in history lessons. But you don't kind of look at it that way. In much in the same way, I guess, when you're on a journey to anywhere, you don't really uh, a destination to anywhere, you don't really take uh, care of the journey. And this is good that you brought this up because I wanted to talk about this, and I'm glad it's happened naturally. What do you think the long term ramifications are? You know for this professional wrestling because i mentioned this to someone the other day and they thought i was being a bit over the top and i don't mean it in in the way that it sounds i'm not trying to be doom and gloom but ultimately i think there's a real uh situation now where you can kind of argue that wwe and AEW, less so AEW, just because it's wwe's ratings that are taking the biggest hit when you look at percentages but i think you can argue wouldn't it have made more sense to shut everything down and i understand there's money in television contracts i'm just presenting a hypothetical situation but would it have been better to shut everything down so that when the world essentially starts opening back up again there's this feeling of excitement like oh man i get to watch wrestling again as opposed to you know what you have just mentioned as we have continued to go on regardless it's almost now we associate the <laughs> the sadness and the depressing nature of all of this with wrestling because you're watching you're like well it's not you know so what would you have done i mean do you think they've done the right thing do you think they've done the wrong thing i get that there's legal stuff but that's um, that's boring you don't have to worry about that right now no that's that's above our pay grade yeah exactly. <laughs> um, what do i think you know so I, i'll tell you so i'm surprised that wwe and aew are still going um I felt like going up for WWE, we'll talk about them first. I thought they were good going up to WrestleMania just because they had already started the build for that. They had already, you know, kind of committed to certain storylines or pushing certain people for that. And that's their biggest event of the year. So I kind of understood that. I mean, I when they announced they were going to do it in the Performance Center, I was like, is that even WrestleMania? Like, <laughs> like can we just call it something else? But... I mean, so I wasn't surprised, but I was absolutely shocked when the week after they started promoting Money in the Bank. Yeah, I was like, are you going to keep going with this? (laughs) Because, I mean, you're right. Like, I I feel like there is there's going to come a point where and maybe it's already at that point where there's only so much they can do. And without the fans there, those shows are starting to get even for AEW a little difficult to watch. And I'm just surprised that they've decided to just keep it business as usual, especially because I think maybe it was this would have been a good time to do something else. Like, I'm not saying that they, you know, should stop all broadcast or whatnot, but they could have yeah. done something else. Yeah. You know, so. I, so, yeah, I, I was shocked when they started promoting Money in the Bank and the fact that they've just kept going with these shows without any crowd in the performance center or, you know, in a studio someplace and not, you know, have so much content, even if they had just run, you know, something, you know, that they have in their library, if they had just used the time to introduce us to characters, which I think AEW has done a little bit better at, where they've got all those vignettes kind of mixed in with their their matches. Um, But they could, but it's like, they're just determined to do Raw and SmackDown, like nothing has changed. And that is so odd to me. 
No, I'm I'm with you. I, I really, really am. Like, I had this grand plan that was never going to happen, that we should actually use WrestleMania as the season finale, right? Right. And, and we end wrestling for a while, which I know is unheard of and we don't do, and it's been going nonstop for 700 years. But I was like, okay, well, there's a, you know, Drew McIntyre winning the title, Becky Lynch retaining her championship, you know, AJ Styles being killed, whatever. <laughs> you know, this is, a, this is a great time to... Yeah, just take a step back. Like you say, I'm not saying stop airing content. Of course, I'm not saying that. But I don't know. Show some documentaries. Show some old matches. And I get it's not going to do as good in the ratings. But then you can turn around and say, yes, but we know why. And I know that we know why anyway, regardless. But it looks a lot worse when I believe... And again, I've always said this. I don't really care about ratings, but I find it interesting as a person that likes statistics. And I think the third hour of this week's Raw is officially the worst hour of Raw in the last 25 years. Right. <laughs> Which is, and it's not because of Drew McIntyre. It's not because of, I can't remember who else is in that hour. It's just because after, I'd say, 90 minutes, I don't know if you're the same, I am like, I, I just... It's just the novelty's gone. Like any novelty that's there when you first start watching, it just you just feel more worn out than usual because again, there's no energy. Right. No, I totally agree with that. Like I'm always surprised at. Like I always have to kind of remember that Raw's a three-hour show. Like I'm like, oh my god, there's another hour left. <laughs> you know, at the two-hour <laughs> mark, like we're gonna just keep going. It's like never gonna end. Yeah. Well, that, well, but to see, that's the thing. Like it's not like their ratings are like shooting through the roof right now. So that's why I'm saying, like now would be the perfect time to try something different because it doesn't matter. The ratings aren't gonna be there regardless. So <laughs> you know, yeah. or or maybe you'll get a better result. Like I don't know. But I'm I'm really surprised that they're just it's business as usual and. But I mean, that's WWE. So that's that's wrestling, right? And and you know, it, it, it doesn't. We should we should know that's the case. Do you think that? I mean, let's say the world starts back up again in September. I mean, I don't know before anyone says anything. I'm completely guessing. Do you do you think fans come back? Not in terms of live shows, because I think there will be a, a conversation to be had around that as well. But people obviously get into habits, and people break out of habits. Do you think there's any kind of risk that when we have a normal three-hour Raw on September the 20th or whatever, that people have fallen out of the habit of watching Raw? So actually, the you know the total percentage of, of viewers is less than it would have been otherwise. So are you talking television or like the people yeah. that are actually going to go to the show? No, I think television because okay. I think I think... I could completely understand if they had rubbish houses for another year. Because, I mean, you know, you, you just you just had the worldwide news tell everyone, don't go out your house. So when they go, go out your house, you may be like, I don't want to go out my house, man. You told me it was a really bad idea. Right. But, but obviously television is easy. Pick up a control, hit a button. But yeah, I just have this thought, and I hope I'm wrong. I really do. But again, human beings are such creatures of habit. If you fall out of watching those three hours on Monday night, or those two hours, 90 minutes, whatever you invest, you may not come back. You may be like, ah, I don't care. And also, as we discussed earlier, you may start thinking, well, that makes me think of the bad time. I don't want to be reminded of the bad time. So let's go watch something else. I 100% think that that's a possibility that I just think that people's habits have changed. People are watching other things. Like I know one of my things is like in the evening, you know, sometimes I'll watch the news, you know, like, you know, when I know or I'll flip back and forth, you know, so yeah, I definitely think people's habits are going to change. And, you know, especially because the content is so different right now as far as what they're putting out, which is not their fault. I mean, I I mean, you know, they have to kind of work with the people who can actually make it to wherever they're doing the show. But it just feels like some of the stories now are kind of disjointed or have been left off, which like, is not their fault. 
for once, it's not their fault. <laughs> There's a reason why they've just dropped stories for, you know. But yeah, but I absolutely think that it's possible. Or just people will be involved in other things, you know, other things going on. People might have a different schedule as things get back to normal. You know, and I think that's not only true for wrestling, but just life. But yeah, you may see that reflected in the ratings where they don't come back um, yeah. fast. And, and then, that, then you're going to have a whole other argument. Because, you know, every time I ever bring this up, people go, oh, TV, uh, television deals, Miller. I'm like, forget television deals, right? I'm not, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, you know, what is the fallout of this going to be? Because everything's going to have a fallout. And I think, I think for me, you know, if, uh, uh, not necessarily American football, because I didn't get cancelled, but basketball, the NBA. You know, if the NBA all of a sudden says, oh, we're back, I think there may be more of a, oh, thank goodness for that. Actually, you know, over here in the UK, there is this... I would call it 50-50, but there's this 50% of people that are desperate for the Premier League, for soccer to come back, because they just want some normality in their lives. So, you know, normality, sorry, in their lives. And they're not getting it. Whereas now, the normality for us, even people like you and I have been watching wrestling for ages, the normality is, when you watch wrestling, it's really quiet. Yes. <laughs> there's no noise whatsoever. And I don't know, I, I just think it's it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I totally understand that, but I just... Yeah, when you mentioned to me, like I said at the start of this chat, that you hadn't been a good wrestling fan, I knew exactly what you were going to say because I don't think you're alone. I think there are millions of other people who are in the same boat. And also, that's what life does to you as well. When a proper situation comes along, you're like, man, who cares that, I don't know, Ruby Riot got jobbed out? Who cares? Like, it's right. just a matter. It makes no difference whatsoever to my life. Right. Like, I'm just like, like I, like I said, I've been watching it, but like, it, it's there's nothing making a huge impression on me. You yeah, know, and I, don't, and I don't know whether that's that's possible without fans. Do you oh, know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's difficult. Actually, uh, now I think it might have been a mistake. I watched a, a show, and I was going to say older show, so more than six weeks ago, where they actually had an audience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yesterday, and I was like, I knew that wrestling was different without fans, but I didn't realize how different. <laughs> so I know. So, yeah, now, I know, so I know. now it's really difficult to watch the shows because yeah, I'm like, I. This is like apples and oranges right now. It is. I saw a clip from, I think it was the first Darby Allen versus Cody match. Mm. And I'm not joking. This is not a joke. I was like, what are these weird things in the back? Most people. <laughs> like, that's just not a joke. That's the, that was my initial reaction. It was like, oh. And also, I was like, what's this funny camera angle that doesn't focus on? Oh, right. Yeah, it's the hard, the old school hard cam. And I find that it, it, it's, a, it's a massive testament to, you know, your own brain, how quick it is to adapt to these things. But also, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like I say, because you brought it up, I think there's a massively interesting conversation to be had there. And I don't necessarily think it's a it's a good or a bad thing. I just think it's a thing. And so many other people are gonna have to, you know, have to have to ride this wave. But they do have the added benefit, I would say, of of the comeback, of the return. I mean, you can tie that into wrestling. You know, we just had that Triple H countdown on Raw. What was number one? The time he came back because people missed him. Right. And we haven't been able to miss wrestling. And instead, what we've got is a watered down version of it. And as you've said, not their fault, nobody's fault, but it's still what we've got and it's still doing a number on people. And, you know, if anybody wants to argue that, again, nobody's watching or at least a lot less people are watching than they were. Yeah, but maybe that helps the comeback then that people aren't watching, you know, because maybe that'll, when they see that it's back, you know, like how it was yeah. before, that they'll get excited about it and want to tune in. No, I, I think that's I think that's definitely the way it, it can go. And that's the way that I hope it does go. I hope whoever has that first show, be it WWE, AEW, New Japan, I don't care. 
this broadcast to a to a big audience. I hope people go, oh, this is why. And I hope that the fans are just so up for it and so loud. And I think if that happens, we'll just fl- it would be like flicking a switch. We'll just do a 180 and we'll go back into it. That's what I'm hoping happens. But you know, it's it's well, it doesn't help because it's so doom and gloom again. Like you said, when you watch the news, which doesn't help because it puts you in this mentality of oh my gosh, you know <laughs> what's going to happen. Right, but. I hope that we can just we, we can just bounce back, but um, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think when they do have the first show with the live audience, yeah, it's gonna be wild. I I think that's gonna be the best thing. I just worry that it's so far in the future. Like, what's gonna happen between now and then? Yeah. Like, how are they gonna be able to sustain their products between now and then? Like, well, that's, yeah. you know, creatively and financially, I I think it's it's gonna be a long time before they actually can get back to a live crowd, more than likely. Yeah. Well, I I don't see how you can do it. I don't want to get too far in this direction, right. but as we're here, you need a vaccine. Right. Surely you have to you have to be able to stop people from getting this thing. And um, what I do want to talk about, because again, according to my records, we last chatted on October the seventeenth. So AEW had only just started. Um, g- give me an update, Linda. Have you been watching it? Do you not? It's so annoying. Uh, an episode's going to go up soon with a patron. I only found out afterwards that he didn't like AEW. I was like, damn it! What? I didn't. I didn't ask him. I know, right? <laughs> I thought that would, that would have been my title right there. But um, yeah, what what have, what have you thought? Because I mean, talking about the episode that aired, like I say, about uh, 12, 16 hours ago, we're recording this on the Thursday. I thought it was, again, taking out all the all the incidentals around it. That was a really good show, and to me, it was just the fact that they built around this tournament that made me go, "Oh yeah, I love tournaments. Why don't we have more tournaments in well, Western professional wrestling? Obviously, Eastern professional wrestling is all over it. But yeah, what's been your take over the last six months? I think they've gotten off to a great start. I mean, I feel like their shows have been, for the most part, really entertaining. And they've had some really good matches on there. Like that um, 30-minute Iron Man match they did with Pac and Kenny Omega. Like, I was, like, sitting there like, why is this not on a pay-per-view? Like, why did they just waste this on television? Not waste, but, you know, why did they put this on television? They've had a few matches like that. So, I think for me, so I, I was not familiar with a lot of the people they have in there the men or the women yeah. just because i just I, I don't really watch new japan and i just you know for the independence it's been very recently that i've gotten into that so yeah. i think they've done a good job of introducing like so, those people like so not just coming in with the like you know these people are already stars where you know where they came from but introducing them to me so that i have like a better feeling because i i really hadn't seen kenny omega before aew or the y- young bucks i really hadn't so I think they've done a pretty good job of introducing them as characters and not just starting off with these guys are superstars because clearly where they came from, they were. Mm. So, so not having them start like right at the top of the card, I think that was probably a good idea. And just letting us, um, for the people, like I said, for the people like me who did not necessarily know who they were, like introducing them and they've done a really good job of building some stories, um, you know, like long-term and short-term. They've done a really good job of some of the newer people they have or like the younger people, like getting them over and introducing them. Like I love Sammy Guevara now. Like I think he is, <laughs> he reminds me of The Rock when The Rock first started. I know what you I, mean. You, you know, like he just has that like charisma and that personality and is super talented. So they've done a really good job of trying to starting to get those people over too. So truthfully, I mean, I, I, I know some people are like, uh, you know, 
that's not their thing. But I've enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I think it's really interesting too because the big debate at the moment um, is the whole Kenny Omega is a is a hot topic for AEW because, like you just said, so many people are like, well, he, he doesn't feel like a star, and if you don't know who he is, he should be being pushed harder. But as you've just said, that's not the case at all. You've just enjoyed getting to know who he is. Right. And I, I also think it's not hard to work out that he's really good at wrestling. Like you watch any of his matches, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, you're really good at wrestling. Like, so straight away, if that's what you want as a takeaway from any promotion, you get that within seconds. Um, what did you, what was your, did you, I mean, I think it was very, very much in a bubble, but it did fascinate me. Did you see the argument last week about the quote unquote squash match that Kenny Omega was in against Alan Angels, I think? I did, and I didn't understand it. <laughs> I did not understand what people were complaining about because. So again, this is for, I, I don't know Kenny Omega's work before AEW, but I feel like he's been presented as, you know, a guy who clearly had success, you know, in other places, but has kind of struggled to find his way in AEW. Like, I feel like that's the character they've given him. So for him to struggle, you know, I mean, I even struggle. I mean, he had a decent, like, you know, back and forth in a match. Like that didn't like I feel like that backed up the character. Like he's not like a huge like Lance Archer or Brody Lee where you you know you're expecting to see squash matches with them. You know, he's not he's not a huge guy. So I feel like that plus the character, like I was not even surprised. I thought that was an excellent match. And then yeah, I heard I saw the backlash and I was like, why? But I, know, <laughs> I, I have different thoughts. So whatever. I'm with you. I'm with you. I made a uh, passing comment to it on ups and downs just because. But my point, I think people misconstrued my point because obviously people will only hear what they want to hear. But my point was is that I was I was fascinated by the fact that we had this nobody, quote unquote, taking on someone like Kenny Omega and we had some back and forth. That was my point. I meant literally I was surprised by it. The definition of the word surprise is like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But that became RC Miller agrees. He was surprised by it. As I didn't say appalled. I said <laughs> I said surprised. Because I don't mind that kind of stuff at all. You just have to make sure the right people are are doing it. And I just think Kenny Omega likes to have good competitive wrestling matches. You know, and that was my other thing. I was thinking like backstage like he, he was probably thinking yeah he's he's yeah, clearly he likes to wrestle and he's very good at it yeah, and he was probably thinking you know we need to fill some time like let me you know shine a little spotlight on this guy like <laughs> like it's not a big deal especially right now like i didn't i didn't see anything wrong with it i didn't think it got him out of character i didn't think he looked weak from it you know like like it, it was totally fine to me and yeah apparently some people disagreed and he won exactly it's not like he lost and like i said it wasn't even like he was getting you know beat the whole time it was back and forth so it's not so he had a good showing the other guy had a good showing and he came out on top i'm like okay that makes sense yeah i know i i, I found it uh I, I just found it i found it fascinating because i think as well there's this debate that people keep having and you're allowed the debate of course it's a worthy debate to have is oh AEW told us they were going to be a um a sports orientated promotion but they've done this and they've done that and i'm like that is the definition of sports that you can have an underdog take on a, a top tier team and somehow the underdog you know pushes them to the wire but ultimately loses that happens a lot i don't think and I, again this is why i think it's fascinating talking to you about this because again the counterpoint to that from some people was yes but if you don't know who kenny omega is how are you meant to take him as a star but as you said just from being a wrestling fan and knowing of his name and then seeing him you're like oh he's clearly a good you know, and also you don't want you don't want to have too many top stars. You know, light the Kenny Omega fire when it's time for him to go after the world championship. 
championship. Then make him your big star. And then you haven't kind of, you know, you, you don't want to overdo it because then you'll be you'll have nowhere left to go anyway. I just thought it was such a strange argument to have. I, and also, I didn't care that much. I, was like, right. I don't care. <laughs> just do. It was. I enjoyed the match for what it was. That was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought it was. I thought it was bizarre. Um, what did you? I guess we kind of can say that we know about the whole tournament. What have you made of the TNT tournament? I mean, I, I love it. Like I love it more than I thought I would love it. And the incredible thing that I also found out today was that you know the matches that we're seeing were not meant to air in the order that they're being aired. Uh, you know, some of them were meant to be on different shows, but then other things happened. So I thought, okay, we'll just push them together. Apparently, if you, I didn't notice it because I don't look for these things. But apparently, Brandy Rhodes magically changed her clothes last night because she thought it was going to be over two different episodes which i thought was great but i think it's amazing that even with all of these uh, these switches i'm just so invested in the tournament and i think it's because they've told a really simple story and that is that lance archer is coming to this company to destroy cody uh cody is fearful of this but wants lance archer to prove himself and then cody needs the championship because he can't win the world t- it's just so much going on and then within that you've got this whole thing with darby allen uh darby allen and sammy guevara and darby allen and cody rose i think it's great i think it's awesome plus you know given last night's episode you have dustin rhodes who has main evented the last two shows put his career on the line which did get a bit of a a bit of a buzz and now just had his ass absolutely handed to him by this new monster. I just think it has, as you said, I think it's enhanced so many different characters. But it's also made me believe that I should give a, you know, give a crap about the TNT title, which, again, I don't think you should compare. But my point being is that I would love the IC belt to feel that way in WWE, but they don't. So I want to try and get that elsewhere. I want the TNT championship to remind me of the Intercontinental one sort of in the, you know, the early to mid, uh, mid 90s when I thought that was the greatest belt that I'd ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I think, and I wasn't sure when they first announced it, but I think having this TNT championship during this time has been like a really smart move because it's kind of given them something to build their shows around. And you're right, like no matter what else is going on, you're going to be invested in a tournament because you want to know what the final outcome is. Yeah. So I think it's been great. The matches have been really good. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm with you. I'm interested now that Cody is in the final to see what happens i just i don't know maybe you can answer this i'm just not sure who should win like i think you could make an argument for both because cody's obviously probably their most popular star so you would kind of want to see that person have a title at some point and you're right he can't go after the world championship so it would have to be this one but at the same time then if cody doesn't win where does that put lance archer because they've really made him you know, he's they're clearly building him to be like this huge monster, you know, heel um, star for them. So, you know, if he doesn't win next week or whenever, or I guess they're not doing it till May. But if he doesn't win, like what happens to him? So I don't know. So now I'm kind of torn because of who ended up in the finals, like who should actually win? Like what's the, the better option? No, I, I think that's why it's so good, too, because, again, yeah, like if. If Cody doesn't win, that's kind of his second attempt at a championship that he's failed. And right. if you want to get all, uh, you know, nerdy wrestling fan, you can say, oh, does that, you know, does that hurt, hurt his persona or whatever, which is a fair argument to have. But then if Lance Archer comes all this way and then loses, does that affect him as well? For me, I think you have to have Lance Archer win for two reasons. One, I feel as if because I feel like Cody's going to be a superstar regardless. 
you know he's so he's so beloved by that audience especially that i think he'll he'll be fine no matter what they do with him which is probably why he presumed that he didn't have to uh, go after the world championship ever because i think he thinks to himself well it, it doesn't really matter if i don't but also it comes down to me being a massive loser and going if you've got john moxley with the world title who's a good guy then the person that's in charge of your mid-tier title or secondary title however you want to describe it should be a bad guy just because i think then you can get both feuds you can get the heel going after the uh the uh the the baby face at the top i mean i'm sure the tnt championship will headline some cards too but i just think it's a simple thing of well if we've got that going in one direction here the other one should go in the other direction and to be honest if look if lance archer wants to absolutely destroy cody and i mean destroy him proper proper you know cody barely gets anything in i wouldn't be against that either because you've just established this brand new character in what four five six weeks whatever it is and again people like yourself that may not no Lance Archer. It kind of fascinates me that <laughs> there'll be some people that disagree with this, but they're the same people that weren't happy with the Kenny Omega thing. Well, they're doing it with Lance Archer. You know, they're creating him into a top tier talent who everybody should fear. And I, I, I would give it to him. I would. I think Cody just has the has the ability to ride it out. And just to think that Lance Archer has got, I think, because then you can go into some kind of tag team thing. I don't know what it would be. But, you know, Lance Archer and somebody against the Rhodes brothers. I think people would enjoy that too. And I just think it opens up so many doors. Okay, I can see that. I, w- I would love for Lance Archer to win. I've been so impressed with him the last, you know, six weeks or whenever since he debuted. And to the point where I was like, I'm a little mad with myself that I did not know him before this. <laughs> You know, because I enjoy watching it. Like, I'm not sure what, you know, his character was like in Japan, but like this character is fabulous. Just absolutely crazy monster throwing everybody and everything. Like even last night, like when he walked out the tunnel, like already beaten up some guy, I was like, that is fabulous. (laughs) Like, Like that's what you want your monster heel to be like. What? I don't, I don't want I don't want to lead you with this question but I want to know what you think what 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 have you thought of Luke Harper slash Brody Lee because you, you just mentioned obviously monsters and they've got they've got three monsters now basically I want you to take all of them everything you just said about Lance Archer 100% agree second monster is Brody Lee obviously the former Luke Harper but there is some it's always controversy around everyone these days but I, I mean I, I don't want to have you picked up on the the hints so to speak and all of that I am so glad you asked me this. Because, <laughs> yes. And again, I probably have a slightly different opinion than everyone else. Well, I thought you would. That's why I wanted to talk to you about it. So, yes, I have picked up on some of the hints because, yeah, I mean, Vince, Vince McMahon is a character in himself. Like, you, yeah. you know, if you know wrestling, you, you know some of those things that he's done. And obviously they've made it a point to integrate some of that into his character, into Brody Lee's character. But to be honest, until I heard other people say it, like, I didn't really think that hard about it. Like, so I just never, like, I feel like some people are, like, maybe putting a little too much emphasis on the little ribs he's taken at Vince McMahon and not looking at his overall character, which is, like, they're building him to be this, you know, smart, you know, very articulate, you know, um, you know, pleasant looking person who has this absolute mean streak in him and I'll be honest when I first saw him before I went on the internet the next day and read everything he reminded me of Nino Brown which I don't know if you've ever seen the movie New Jack City it's kind of an older movie now I haven't no but I will look it up as you talk but yeah so and it was kind of the same character where I mean you know the guy's a huge drug kingpin or whatever but 
you know, very same thing, like always dressed in suits, very articulate, gets along with, you know, higher up people, but is absolutely ruthless in his business. And that's who he reminded me of, like when I first saw him. And then the next day I went on the internet and everyone's like, oh, he's just ripping off Vince McMahon. I'm like, I didn't get that at first, (laughs) but okay, I see it. I see it, but that's not what I got at all. But I like that character. I feel like that character's not seen a lot in wrestling. And the fact that he was been able to pull it off or been in a position to pull it off and knowing where he came from and what he was doing before, I think that's really awesome for me, for him. Uh, totally. And I think, again, the the best thing you've said there is it goes to show that just because somebody does pick up on it and they go, oh, they're going to you know, beat us over the head over it. It's not true because not everybody is going into these things looking at it in the same way that somebody else is. You know, in this sense, oh, of course there are winks and nods to Vince McMahon. But like I say, you you know, you know, use that movie to come up with your own... Um, you know, your own comparisons. I saw some people talking about the mafia or just cults in general about how crazy the person at the top is. And I just think, you know, taking elements from all of these things is just going to make it, it's just going to make it more entertaining. And I just, again, it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, yes, I understand the Vince McMahon stuff. But if you don't know about the Vince McMahon stuff, because not everybody does. You could have been watching WW for 25 years and not know that Vince McMahon loves steak reps. Like, this, right. is a, this is a thing. <laughs> then it's just, he's just a crazy guy. Like you say, he's, a, he's an articulate, smart, crazy dude, which right. is what that is. So yeah, I, uh, I, I'm i glad that you've said that too, because I really like what they're doing with him. The only thing I don't like, I don't want to be that guy, but I, I've now thought this for four weeks in a row, so I thought I've got to bring it up somewhere. I don't get his ring attire. That weird, like, leather-tight singlet thing with the... It's so strange. I find it really weird. Yeah. I looked at it yesterday, and I was thinking, it looks like a bunch of zippers. I can't really tell even what it is. So I was thinking, like, with the mask, but then I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I I don't get it. It It doesn't scream... Uh, threatening to me. It just, right. I don't know. It's very strange. It does. Um, you know, you're right, and I. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It doesn't scream threatening. Like I would almost prefer him to come out like how, which I guess they can't do it because he's doing it. But like how Wardlow comes out, like in the yeah, yeah. and he just takes off the the suit and the shirt and the tie, like while he's in the ring. Like that's how Wardlow comes out sometimes. But I guess maybe because he's doing it, they can't. You know, obviously have two people do that, but I would almost prefer that he come out like that because you're right. It's kind of a break from the like even when he comes out, like what he wears to the ring and that like robe, like it breaks from the, you know, very, you know, like how we were talking before, like the put together, you know, business guy. And then you yeah. kind of and then it kind of gets a little bit more like cartoonish. I don't that's not the right word, but no, I know I know what you mean. I know what I mean. I don't and I, I, I don't mind the white coat thing so much but again you're 100 percent correct it's just it's just it just doesn't i don't know i just find i just find it weird and it's not something that i'm even trying to pick up on my brain just goes that's weird yeah <laughs> no, i've like, noticed okay, that too yeah you mentioned wardlow too let's end the uh because obviously it was a big criticism that some people had about AEW. they need more old school big guy wrestlers and they went out and got them all i mean i think he at first i thought he was a bit well, not even that. I was like, I need to see what you're going to do with him. You know, I can't make a call. But I think it's proof that these squash matches are working. You know, I thought the squash match he had yesterday was, I thought it was pretty incredible, to be honest. When he pulled that guy's, need that guy in the face from the top rope, I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, he did. Yeah, no, I like, <laughs> he definitely did that. Um, you know, I like Wardlow. I do. Like, I feel like I need to see more from him. Yeah. You know, but definitely, I, 
I'm not lost with what they're trying to do with him. It'll be interesting to see how they, I mean, they kind of had to do it anyway, but how they get him away from MJF. Cause I don't know that those naturally go together, but you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I like it. Like you said, the squash matches with guys who look like that, the squash matches work. Mm, nice. True. Especially at the moment when you, you know, you don't have that many people on hand. Mm-hmm. I think it's helped Wardlow more than anybody. You know, I don't even remember about his Cody Rhodes stuff. I'm just like, oh my gosh, Wardlow's a maniac. He's an right. absolute madman. And um, but so overall, though, over the, you know, over the last six to seven months, you think it's been a thumbs up for AEW then, I'm going to guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I've enjoyed it. I actually look forward to it on Wednesdays. So that's how I kind of know that it's working. Like even now I'll still, I'll think about that more so than I do raw or SmackDown. I mean, they're both in tough positions, but even now, and like I said, I think the tournament really helped AEW. So it'll be interesting to see what happens now that that's kind of gone off of television. Yeah, no, it certainly has. I think they're going live again next week. So maybe that means they can be more, I don't know what the right word would be, but whatever that you know whatever that word is more think off you know think outside of the box i don't know but i think like you say i think the way that they have um because at one point i remember thinking oh isn't it a shame they're doing the tournament behind closed doors and so on and so forth but no now you know i think the final i don't know the fi- is the finals next week or is the finals at the pay-per-view there's no actually they're saying it's at the pay-per-view i don't okay. know how that pay-per-view happens or what it's gonna look like because <laughs> clearly it's not gonna be in las vegas but i, I hope and i hope well i mean they're gonna do what they have to do but i you know i hope it's not like wrestlemania where they're, it's, they're just in an empty place i mean that was that's not a pay-per-view to me no, it was, I, I enjoyed the weekend and I enjoyed sharing it with people on the internet and, and all those things. But as I feared would happen, you know, we're only a couple of weeks removed from it and who even cares, right? It's, it's just one of those, it just kind of, it was it was of its time already. And it was like, let's just try and move forward and um, and forget. One last AEW question, because again, I think you're going to give me a, a different kind of answer than most people would. Matt Hardy broken matt hardy has you know once again annoyed everybody thumbs up thumbs down happy not happy i think he's great everybody knows that but yeah some people think he's too he's too goofy which i find crazy (laughs) um yeah i mean i am not the biggest broken matt hardy fan although i appreciate what he does from a creative aspect because again it's a character that we don't have in wrestling right so it's something different um, so, I mean, I like it. Uh, I kind of wish that, you know, it kind of stinks that he's come in at this time and there's no yeah. crowd reaction because I'm sure the crowds would love like a lot of things that he's doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, from, it's probably not going to be my cup of tea, but like I appreciate it from a creativity aspect and also just the, I find it, I guess the historical aspect that he literally walked out of WWE and went to AEW and he was like the first person who really did that, you know, so it kind of solidifies that there's another option out there for, you know, for the wrestlers who, you know, don't feel like WWE is going to work out for them, that they can actually go to a new promotion and be successful and still, you know, have the exposure or a similar amount of exposure that they had at WWE. Yeah, which I think is the best thing about it. 
mm-hmm. you know, in general, is, is having that. You always want to have that choice. You know, you right. always want to have that choice. I think when people say, oh, there's no competition, but that's competition and that's healthy competition. You know, that's allowing the boys, as people used to say, uh, it gives them choice when it comes to the workplace. And I've been reading sort of all about the fall of WCW and WWE becoming the, uh, you know, the only the only game in town for a long while, just because the anniversary came over recently. And, you know, you see all these news stories about how all of a sudden money dropped for wrestlers and things like that. And I understand it's different now because of the stuff we were talking about earlier, but it's still, it still cements you against, against all of that. Actually, talking about the people that got released recently, who do you think, not who do you think AEW will get? Who would you like to see go to AEW? If you've, if you've only picked two people from the recent uh, WW release list to, to go over, who, who would be the two you think would, well, who, who would be the two that would make you tune in more than anybody else? Only two? Okay. Um, um, it's harder if it's two. I was going to say like four. That's too uh, easy. That's no, too no. easy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, two is good. So Rusev, obviously, he was the biggest name on that list as far as people who are still active. And from what – I mean, I feel like we only got a few glimpses of what he's really capable of. I feel like in the right environment, like he would do really well. The only thing I think about is that he came up in that WWE system – so I don't know how he feels or how well he can transition over to like a different system that runs a little bit more like how an independent organization would be. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know that he, you know, cause it seems like AEW is very like they let um, their performers come up with a lot of the ideas and how to express themselves. So I don't know. It, that's, which is very different from WWE, which kind of tells you <laughs> what you're going to do and what you're going to be. So I don't know. So we'll see, but I would love to see him there and at least get an opportunity um, and the other person that I think from that list that will end up in AEW eventually is EC3, just because Chris Jericho has talked about him so much and has talked about how much he wants to work with EC3. So I think that's very – like at some point he's going to be there. Chris Jericho will bring him in if only just to be, you know, again, to be in that system and just to see what he's capable of. Mm, I think he fits in with the inner circle, you know. I'm not saying that we should start over adding because we know what that does. It's never a good idea. But EC3, I think, has the uh, whatever that atmosphere, personality, you know, I wouldn't be like, oh, I can't believe you've done that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And I I think it would be either between that or maybe he goes back to impact. I don't know. But yeah, hopefully he gets sort of a a shot on a major stage at some point. (laughs) It just seems to be one of these poor guys that anytime he gets any kind of momentum, the rug is pulled out from underneath him. And I don't understand why, because he looks like your quintessential pro wrestler especially from a wwe point of view so weird yeah he does and again same thing as rusev like i feel like from the and i saw less of him than even rusev but i feel like there is something there and it would be nice to see him to have an opportunity to see if he can actually develop into um you know someone who could get a following yeah, I know. I, I don't get it at all. I think so many people would uh, would enjoy that. But we'll see. I mean, that was the only awful part. Well, there's lots of awful parts about it. But the fact that, uh, you know, we don't have, yeah, that we don't have the opportunity to see where all these people are going to go. Yes. You know, it's, it's just a big full stop at the moment because, you know, AEW can't bring anybody in. New Japan's not running. Impact's doing what they can. But, you know, they can't even get their world champion to the show. So, yeah, it's just a really difficult situation. It is. That that was like the toughest thing about after I thought about it, you know, because business is business and these are tough times. I mean, at the end of the day, WWE is a business. I mean, so they, you know, they're not the only company laying people off. But the tough part is that there's nowhere else for these people to go right now. So they're kind of stu- they're in limbo. Um, so, yeah, I hope when things do start up that they do get good opportunities. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree, and we'll we'll wait and see. But, I mean, the good thing is, again, you know, crowds coming back, that will feel fresh, and then if you can bring a bunch of new people in too, that will keep the freshness and the momentum going from both sides, right. you know, from both from both sides of the of the fence. So uh, we'll see what's going to happen. Uh, I want to, uh, before I before we sort of wrap this up now, I, I'm intrigued, uh, as someone who's been watching wrestling, you know, you know for a while, uh, the, the cinematic direction we appear to be going in. Uh, do you like it? Do you not like it? Like Boneyard match. Obviously, we had one on NXT. You had the Bray Wyatt stuff. Uh, we had Sammy Callahan versus Ken Shamrock. If people that watched Impact, do you think there's sort of something in that we can utilize going forward, or do you think it would just be something that we do now to get through all this madness and then forget? Oh no, I I hope they keep it going forward. I like it, and in fact, I guess when I was saying before that they should use this time to do something different, like that's one of the things I think about, like. You know, there's no live audience. There's not going to be a live audience. So, yeah. So use the fact that you can do more production and more editing to your advantage. Um, I thought the Boneyard match was great. I've watched yeah, that back too. a few times. <laughs> like that, that whole thing was I. the fact they put so much effort into like creating that. And it really felt like a short movie. And, like, you didn't have to know. Like, I feel like you could show that to someone who's never seen wrestling before and they would understand it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes that's not easy with wrestling. Right. Because <laughs> people, I remember I did this. It was last year sometime I tried to show someone. And it was a segment with Bray Wyatt and Seth Rollins. I think Roman Reigns was fighting Seth or something. I can't remember. And as soon as it was time to focus on Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns just vanished. Mm -hmm. And that's all the questions I got. Oh, where, where, did, where did he go? I was like, it just happens. It just went. But where? I don't know. I don't know. But whereas that was just a cinematic, nice, straightforward story, right? That anybody right. can understand. Yeah, you, yeah, you could. That will stand on its own where you could show that to someone as a story and they would understand it and they would probably enjoy it. Like, I think they did a really good job with that. And even like some of the... Um, vignettes that um they've been doing at AEW, like the one with chris jericho was in this hot tub and vanguard one came <laughs> you know i thought that was great too i mean for that was different from the boneyard match but yeah just doing things like that where like you can advance a story or advance a character but you don't necessarily have to be in a ring i think if if this goes on for you know a longer period of time i would like to see both organizations get more into that because i think the, the matches without the audience just sitting, you know, being in the arena with a ring, that's going to get tougher and tougher as the weeks go on to watch. No, I, 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 like, I like the idea too. I think for me, it feels like something that has been, not that it's been missing from wrestling because we didn't know that, but it's the thing that we needed to light a fire under, especially WWE that just needed some, just a new way to approach things. That's it. Right. They needed a new way to approach things. And I think they found it, even if it was because their backs was against the wall. Okay, that's fine. That's cool. You know, I enjoy it. I like it. It's different. Um, I don't think you should overdo it because it will get boring. But, you know, I think the money in the bank match, which is what, two weeks away, a week, Sunday, whatever the hell it is. You know, I think the money in the bank match will really underline if they uh you know if they're sort of overly really relying on the same ideas but i don't think they will i think it's going to be really fun i think it's gonna be really stupid like really stupid but i'm all good i'm all good for goofiness and ridiculousness in wrestling the concept before we even go anywhere is ridiculous so i think we'll we'll really sort of understand then if they um if they have this down and look, I, I always like the Money in the Bank ladder matches, but I really do think that this will add a few more years to that stipulation just because they have to come up with something new, if they do it right, of course. 
Well, that's the thing. And I'm so nervous about that match because I feel like it can be like the absolute best thing we see like in a while, yeah. or it could be absolute trash. And <laughs> I don't think there's going to be any in between. It's going to be one of those two. So I'm just hoping that they, yeah, did a good job. I mean, they've had time, so I suspect they did, but I'm hoping that they've done. Cause yeah, the concept of it is fantastic. Like I can't even wait to see what they do in that building. Who wins Money in the Bank? There you go, my last question. Who wins Money in the Bank? Because I actually think it's quite hard because you go Alistair Black, but now some people have come up with this amazing theory that Buddy Murphy's going to take um, uh, Apollo Cruz's spot and then hand the shot over to Seth Rollins, which I love from a story point of view, but I don't want to see happen from a match point of view. But whatever, I like it in terms of a narrative. And then obviously over with the women, you think, oh, maybe Sasha Banks is going to do it and you start the Bailey storyline. But I think it's actually quite, it's quite a hard pack to kind of, uh, kind of filter through. I agree. So, yeah, especially because I feel like, which is awesome, there's a lot of oh, yeah, definitely. match that, like, I think if, if it had been, like, you know, this whole thing had not happened, would not necessarily have a spot in that match. Like, there's a lot of people in that match that, you know, that haven't really necessarily done much, like Apollo Crews or even Aleister Black. They really haven't given him his shot yet. So, yeah, I, I don't know who's going to win because it depends on where they think they're going in the next, you know, three months or so and and where are we going the next three months? I mean, I, I like Alistair Black. I would love to see Apollo Crews do it. I know. I'm I, so I'm so involved in that, and then they just took it away from me, Linda. They took it I away. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, so we'll see. And for the women, I don't know what they're doing with the women right now. <laughs> I really don't. I'm lost. I'm so lost. I wish I had a better answer for you, but I don't even. I don't know what they're doing right now, much less three months from now. I do like Bailey. I tell you, I think Bailey has now cemented herself as this Hill character. I really enjoy her. Yeah, I do too. And I like the way that they're breaking up Sasha and Bailey this time because they've got yeah. it wrong so many times before. But I like the way they're doing it where it's like they've almost like kind of given Bailey the power. You know, so she's the one kind of taking digs at Sasha. And usually it's the other way around, which is interesting. And Sasha's kind of taken it so far, which she's not someone who usually takes anything. So, <laughs> so it's kind of. It's more interesting to see how they and yeah, so I, I am interested in that story. But as far as how they get there, or not get there, but how they what they're going to do in Money in the Bank, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll find out. We, don't forget, we got Tamina versus Bailey oh, as well. Money in the Bank. That's... I mean, I I I, I kind of like Tamina too. I think I like her ironically, but I still like her, so I don't care. I enjoy her on some level. I don't know what it is though. I like her too, but yeah, that's I mean that matches. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. It, it makes no sense. It's just there. It's there. It's, just it's there. there. It's there, which is fine. Which is fine. They have to do that now. At least, you know, like I said, at least now some of these decisions make sense or, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> you can tell yourself there's a reason for some of these decisions, but yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. But we'll find out. When is money? That I, I think it's, it's a week Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It's a week Sunday. So we've got basically around about eight, to eight, nine, ten days to go. Uh, and then we'll find out. We'll figure out what they're trying to do there. Who's going to win money in the bank? How that ties into Drew McIntyre and all of that crazy stuff. And uh, Linda, thank you so much as always for joining me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. And like I say, I'm glad you're doing well in these crazy times. Oh, thank you, Simon. I appreciate it. This was a uh, really fun and stay safe out there. I will. And yes, yeah, it goes for everybody else as well. And again, if you want to come on the podcast, head over to patreon.com forward slash Simon316. The support helps me massively anyway. So thank you so much to anybody else who did come on. But yeah, come on the podcast. Let's talk wrestling for, you know, 45 minutes or so. We can do that. Otherwise, I'm on Twitter, Instagram at Simon316. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search for Simon Miller. And anything else, I will talk to you all again very soon.